everyone and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is I Need No Name and today I'm going to be reviewing an actual Bayern Munich win. Just imagine how good that feels. Not only is it a win, it was an excellent performance where Bayern Munich completely blew away Schalke 6-0. We had several goal scorers, pretty much every single player contributed today and it was a great performance that gives us good confidence heading into the crucial game against RB Leipzig next week. So let me just do a quick recap of what happened and then we can, you know, just get into the details. So let's start with, first of all, the lineup. So Thomas Tuchel made an interesting choice here. He decided, possibly in light of our offensive issues against Hertha Berlin and against Werder Bremen, he decided that we would go with a 4-1-4-1 hyper-offensive formation today. We had Serge Gnabry, who has been on the hot scoring streak, starting up top. Then Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané on the wings. Then, interestingly, you had Jamal Muziala and Thomas Muller essentially as co-attacking midfielders. And then Joshua Kimmich behind them as the lone central pivot. It's kind of risky to do that in any game, but I guess that Tuchel thought that he would overwhelm Schalke with the offensive potential on this lineup, and he was completely correct because that's exactly what happened. The defense, interestingly, was completely unchanged with Nusser Matsraoui and Joao Cancelo at the fullback spots and Matthias Delict and Benjamin Pavard in the middle. Pavard and Delict seem like they are becoming the main go-to guys for Tuchel right now. I think Upamecano, after those performances against Man City, may have lost his spot, and he's going to need to fight to get that position back in the lineup. Finally, you had Jan Sommer in goal, but honestly, it wouldn't have mattered who was in goal today because Bayern Munich clamped Schalke shut. There was absolutely no resistance from them whatsoever. So let's talk about the game itself. I'll just give a quick recap of who scored and when. First of all, around the 20th minute, we started actually pretty well. I would say that this is one of our best starts in a long time. We did not wait to get into the groove of things. We were immediately on them, immediately pressuring them, getting into good positions, getting good chances. And when you put that kind of pressure on the team, even if you miss chances, and I know that people were really frustrated right at the beginning because we were missing chances at the beginning, but when you get those chances, you eventually do score. And that's what eventually happened with Thomas Muller opening the scoring, the very crucial can opener type goal that we always talk about that was popularized under Nagelsmann. Thomas Muller opened the scoring and I'm glad that he did because of all the controversy surrounding him and his departure potential in next summer and you know he just kind of just puts all of these discussions to bed for a little because he started today and he scored. Then a few minutes later you had Muziala dribble into the middle of the box. He was capitalizing on a mistake by uh Schalke defender and he got elbowed in the face and then he went down and it was a penalty and Kimmich stepped up and converted it. Here I just want to point out that the commentator, the co-commentator on the world feed next to Derek Ray, he kept saying that it was an extremely soft penalty and you should not have given it because and I have no idea what he was looking at because Muziala was literally elbowed in the face like it was a literal UFC move. I have no idea why you would not give a penalty for that and maybe not a red card the Schalke were lucky to finish the game with full 11, I, in my opinion, given that they started the game pretty rough. And then we went into halftime, I would say 2-0 up, if I remember correctly. Yes, we did. And it's good to go into halftime with a commanding lead. That's why when the second half started, there were no none of those jittery moments, none of those slow start, caught out at the back, those kinds of incidents. Instead, we just went out there and very soon afterwards, Gnabry scored with a beautiful assist from Joao Cancelo. Then later, 
Okay, that was, I think, what, how did the goals go? Yeah, that was another goal by Serge Gnabry later down the line. He made it two for him today, making him, like, he has now four goals in the last three games, which is an excellent return for him. Great return to form and maybe going to help us sell, sell him to an EPL team somewhere down the line, hopefully. And then, finally, right at the end, you had Matty Stell come on. He scored with an assist from Jamal Muziala and then... Nusair Masrai made it 6-0 with a sublime assist from Sadio Mane, who had come on as a substitute. So that's pretty much my recap. And there are just a few players that I want to talk about specifically, because the more overarching stories I think we're going to cover in Monday's podcast. So the overall specifics I want to talk about are, first of all, Thomas Muller. Now, as people know, I get checks from Thomas Muller every week, so I have to keep shilling him or those checks stops coming. So please bear with me here. But today is a classic example of what this team can do when Thomas Muller is on the pitch. Like, look at how much sharper everything was. Look at how much more space was being occupied by the right people. Because this is what Thomas Muller does. Ignore his goal for a second. Ignore the chances that he could have scored. Ignore those things. Just Look at where he stands and where he puts himself to receive and to give the ball away. He puts himself in the gaps, the spaces left behind by other players. What does that do? For example, say if Nuzer Matsrai moves forward to do an overlap. Thomas Muller goes wide and he moves into the space where the fullback would have been. Not only does that give a passing option to the winger in case... They want to pass back instead of going with the overlap. It confuses the defenders and it makes them much more wary of the fullback who actually tried to overlap. But it also has an extra added advantage because that position, that space left by the fullback, it is being occupied and therefore lessens the threat of a counter on that place. The same thing goes in midfield. For example, say that someone... For example, Joao Cancelo, if he dribbles into the middle trying to look for a pass, which our fullbacks often do, Muller will then go out wide and take the place that he was occupying before. The same goes for the wingers. If one of the wingers go in the middle, he will go out wide. Or if the wingers or the attacking midfielders, someone like Serge Gnabry, who was playing a striker today, if they are forced out wide, Muller will go into the center where that gap was placed. That's why, if you notice, today we had very few gaps where the balls were just going, but no one was there to find them. Instead, Schalke always found that they were always having to defend with their full concentration because there was always someone in the box, someone ready to receive the ball and someone ready to do something with it. And that's not just that someone being Muller, but it's also someone being freed up by Muller's movement, allowing them to do something more. That is what it means, okay? This is the principles of dynamism in football and that's what Thomas Muller offers you and I cannot overstate how important this stuff is okay I think my check has cleared by now so I'm gonna stop talking about Muller and stuff about his future and all that stuff stay tuned for our full-length podcast where we talk about those next player I want to talk about Serge Gnabry he's playing well lately I mean like his shooting seems to be on form he seems fit he seems motivated especially and his decision making still a little bit iffy. That one chance he missed when Matsrawi went into the center and sent an amazing pass through the goal. He just didn't know what to do with it, so he never got to it in the first place. But 
Gnabry seems to be in a hot scoring streak. And despite this, I'm going to say that I still want him sold this summer because we've seen this from Serge Gnabry before. He has no consistency. He's going to get these streaks and he's going to do well for us in these moments. And we know that he is capable of these performances. We've literally seen him rip apart some of the best teams in the world and he's done it by himself at times. But the thing is that if he can't produce this kind of performance week in, week out, he makes an awful lot of money. And there will be plenty of teams, in my opinion, given that he's ending the season so strong, lining up to buy him, I think we should really still let him go, even though he has been clutch in these last few games and he might end up having a ton of credit for this title in case we end up winning it from Borussia Dortmund. That's my take on Serge Gnabry. Next, we move on to Jamal Muziala. I think Muziala, before the substitutions were made, Muziala was really struggling. He was passing really well, in my opinion, but his dribbles were going nowhere. He was just too easily bullied off the ball, too easily had the ball taken from him. And I don't think that's his fault. People will say he needs to bulk up, etc., etc. No, that would ruin his agility that makes him so good. What he needs is to go back to the left wing where he will have more space to really attack the passing lanes and to dribble and use his talents for the good of the team. Look at what happened after the substitutions. When he went to the left, he put in an excellent assist for Matty Tell on the wing and Tell converted. So that's what Muziala is capable of when he's played on the wing. And I don't understand why successive coaches have put him into this midfield role where he is either forced to compete with Thomas Muller, who is an absolute monster, a generational player who can get goals and assists like anyone's business. Why must, why does Musiala have to compete with that when he would be much better off playing on the left, playing in a position he's comfortable with, with guys like Davies or Cancelo, and getting that support that he needs for him to be his best self. Be the Ribery successor, not the Muller successor. That's what I say for Jamal Musiala, you know? And the next player I want to talk about is probably, who was it actually? Matty Stell. Yes, finally, Matty Stell. Tell got a goal today, and I just don't understand why he doesn't play more. Why does he come on so late? Tuchel, give him more chances. Come on. Like, look at what he does. He gets into the right positions. His touch and release is so good, and his shots are absolutely lethal. They are so clearly on target, and he's so good at that. I think Matty Stell not playing him more this season will be one of buying Munich's big misses because now we're going to go into the next season. We're going to look for a striker, go spend $200 million on Randall Korn or Mulyani or whatever, and Tell never gets a fair shot. And that's such a tragedy because I think that he is a potentially a generational talent in the making. Someone like Musiala, you know, a guy who we really could have developed into something special this season after Chupo went down with injury, but instead we completely squandered that opportunity and it's to the detriment of the team. That is my main criticism of Thomas Tuchel today, that he does not, you know, use these guys to their best ability. Final player that I should mention, Nusser Matshrawi. In my opinion, he is man of the match. He was the best player on the pitch. He is so good at both ends of the pitch. He is an amazing attacker, amazing passer. The reason why he it feels so much more dynamic with him on the pitch as compared to other players is because he passes the ball, he releases it, and he sends it forward quickly. He knows how to keep the ball moving compared to someone like Benjamin Pavard who seems to always be forcing it a little always thinking a little bit too long. Whereas Masrawi thinks faster, he moves faster, he is just sublime to watch. And while Pavard is probably physically a much better defender, probably a little bit faster, and probably much better at shooting as well, Masrawi only just got a goal today, whereas Pavardovsky has had so many goals this season. 
But Shrawi is a godsend for the offensive side of Bayern Munich. And it's all because of the qualities that he brings to the pitch outside of goals and assists. And I hope that the fan base will appreciate that because I was absolutely shocked by the suggestion that he might be able to leave this summer. That should not happen. He should be kept and he should like he is probably one of our most important players right now. And I would not trade him for the world, honestly. He could be the best right back we've had since Philip Lam. And that includes Joshua Kimmich, who was the best right back in the world at one point. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say for today. The performances were really good. I don't think anyone had a bad performance. And that's all. I, really, the only bad performance I can say was Jan Sommer because he literally had nothing to do. He could have just sat there with the pina colada and nothing would have happened. So that's pretty much all I have to say. Thank you for listening. Great game today. Check out our match observations and match awards at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Check us out on Twitter at BavarianFPWorks. And we are on every single podcasting platform spotify apple podcast google podcast whatever thank you for listening and we'll see you next time good night